the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thinking about health care these days? Well, you're not alone. It seems that getting real information about the state of our medical system is tough to come by. That's why you've come to the right place with Dr. Bill, your radio MD. He's got the answers because he's a doctor. I said he's a doctor and he wants to hear from you right now. 877-969-8600. This is AM860, The Answer. And now, it's time for Dr. Bill, your radio MD. Good morning, everybody. This is Dr. Bill, your radio MD, and I'm coming at you on 860 AM, The Answer. You can reach us on the Internet at am860theanswer.com. That's am860theanswer.com. And we are an iHeart station, so you can get me on your smartphone and if you need that app, you can go to our website. Again, that's am860theanswer.com. So you can reach me anywhere in the world. I'm your worldwide Dr. Bill. And, again, we're an iHeart station. Well, today's going to be kind of a potpourri of topics. It's been quite a busy week for me. And so I'm going to share some of what I've discovered and what I've done during the week and also mention the loss of one of our, our puppy dogs, Tiffany, who was my wife's best friend, and so we're in mourning over that, but we'll talk about that later. First, I want to talk about me and my problems, because it's probably a problem that you have, too. Now, cholesterol and getting that under control is a big deal in medicine today. We know that we can increase our lifespan by keeping our cholesterol down. We can ward off diseases like Alzheimer's and small vessel disease of the brain that cause dementia by keeping our cholesterol under control as well as our blood pressure and our blood sugar and some other factors that come into play, gout and uh, anything that inflames the vessels of the body So, or helps to create a plaque. A plaque is a buildup of cholesterol inside a blood vessel and then that buildup of cholesterol is turned into an organic rust by the action of oxygen on the cholesterol molecules, which then forms something that's a foreign body, and then our body sends white blood cells out to attack it and try to eat up all of that debris, and then fibroblasts, which are the cells that go in and do the construction work, they come in and they start laying down uh, a fibrous lining over this plaque that's been attacked by our white blood cells. And, of course, that tends to, over time, block up the artery. And it can even tear open, and a blood clot can form on it, and you can flick that off or completely block a blood vessel, and then you've got a heart attack or a stroke. So this, the cholesterol is an important part of our medical 
treatment or something to address medically to prevent problems with the blood vessels. And we also like to use the ACE inhibitors. But let's, let's focus on the, on the cholesterol medications for the moment. Now, I have tried over the years to take a number of the statin drugs. The statin drugs are atorvastatin, fluvastatin, lovastatin, pravastatin, simvastatin, and patavastatin. Now, these drugs, their brand names are Lipitor, Lescol, Mevacor, Altoprev, Pravacol, Crestor, Zocor, and Lavalo. These drugs are very specific in what they do. They lower the LDL, which is the bad part of the cholesterol molecule. Now, the cholesterol molecule is not just cholesterol. It's, it's a catch-all. It's, a, it's like a microscopic globule of fat. It has different kinds of fats in it. It has fatty acids. It has low-density lipoproteins, high-density lipoproteins, a whole bunch of biochemical names that are attached to this. But the low-density ones seem to be the ones that cause the most problem, and this is what the statins attack. They try to reduce the amount of the low-density protein, lipoprotein, in our cholesterol, and, and in that way, decrease the tendency for these globules of fat to get stuck on our, on our blood vessel walls on the inside of them and cause all this problem. Uh, instead, it's taken back to the liver and processed, and we excrete through the bile duct and into our intestines and out our poop, we excrete a lot of fats. And in the old days, before we had the statins, we would attack high cholesterol by giving people a, a fibrous resin that would actually bind the fats in the gut as it went through the small intestine. It would pick up the fats that had come out of the liver and the bile. And if you don't pick those up, they'll be reabsorbed back through the intestines into the bloodstream. So we used to use that, and then the statins came along, and this changed the whole equation of how we treat cholesterol problems. And it's been a miracle drug. And there's been all kinds of bad press out there. And some of it has said that the statins cause dementia, memory loss, Alzheimer's disease. Now we know from the research, and we've seen this drug in play now for 20 or 30 years, we know now that not only does it not cause memory loss, it does not cause Alzheimer's or any other kind of dementia. It actually helps prevent and delay the development of diseases in the brain like Alzheimer's and small vessel disease, which both cause dementia. The Alzheimer's people got the lock on the PR years ago, and so they have claimed over the decades that Alzheimer's is the bad boy, the one that causes the most problems and the most people with dementia. I can tell you, treating one of the oldest populations in the world, that it's not Alzheimer's, it's small vessel disease, which shows up a lot like Alzheimer's. So you have these little blood vessels in your brain as the big blood vessels branch out like a tree limb, they turn into smaller and smaller vessels and they dive inside the brain. And what happens is these little blood vessels about the size of your hair, and there's thousands and thousands of them, they start to get clogged up over time from high blood pressure or cholesterol or gout, 
or diabetes or inflammation from processes like rheumatoid arthritis. So there's a number of processes that can inflame these little blood vessels and they clot off. And you say, well, what does that do? Well, the actual cell body of our nerve cells in our brain are on the surface, the gray matter. We've all heard about the gray matter. It's a very thin layer. And they say there's 14 billion cells there, but I say you can't get 14 billion of anything into my head. Maybe one or two things, three or four, but not 14 billion. But they have these long tails on them. They're part of the cell. And they go down to the next station, which is like a switchboard. And they connect with other nerves and nerve centers in the brain to carry on all the functions that, that need to occur, just like a phone system would or our Internet would. There's nodes where things happen and information is exchanged. Well, what happens is that these small blood cells that dive deep into the brain end up getting clogged up, and then the tail of the cells dies off. So even though the cell body on the surface of the brain may be okay, the tail is gone, and that's how it communicates. That's the handshake with the next neuron down the line, the next nerve cell. So then the part of the brain, the, the frontal and occipital and parietal and temporal lobes with this little thin layer of gray matter, the, the cerebrum is what we call it, it may be alive, these cells may be alive and functioning, but they're not getting anything done. And so we have all kinds of problems from memory loss to balance problems to uh, mood problems to hearing and visual disturbances, and, and it, it causes dementia if it gets too far down the road. So that's why we try to block the effects of the, of the cholesterol molecule, the LDL with these statin drugs. And we know now, as I said a few minutes ago, by the way, we're talking about the statin drugs. I'm going to talk about my week in general, but I'm talking about the statins, the atorvastatin, fluvastatin, lovastatin, pravastatin, simvastatin, pativastatin, all these drugs in this family that lower certain bad cholesterols in our system. And I'm talking about it because I have a problem with these. The side effect from these for, for a lot of people, which limits their use, is the muscle aches and pains. It causes an inflammation of the muscles in some people. Why? Well, there's a group of researchers at Tulane who are working on this, and they've identified four genes within the chromosomes in our body, the genetic material, the, the genes apparently affect how we react to and biochemically interact with the statin drugs. So hopefully they'll come up with uh, some targeted, very specific medications from this study that those of us who have problems with statins, that is those of us who have muscle aches and joint aches from the statins, can tolerate better. But there's also been some data out there, and this is what fascinated me, and I think it might, might be of interest to you too, is the levels of vitamin D and the statin drugs and how this interacts to cause muscle aches and pains, myalgia. Myo is muscle. Alga means inflammation, so muscle inflammation. And there are several look-back, studies that have identified people with low vitamin D levels who, when have been treated, 
are then able to tolerate the statin. So how does this work? Well, if your vitamin D level is low, then we give you vitamin D3, which is the active part of the vitamin D complex. And the vitamin D3, we give 100,000 units a week for a few weeks and make sure that your vitamin D levels are up high enough in your bloodstream and then restart the statins. And a lot of people who have done this have not had problems. So if you're having problems with your statins, as I do, then tank up on the vitamin D, get the five or 10,000 unit vitamin Ds and, and take 100,000 units a week for a few weeks. Make sure you get your blood levels checked again because you don't want to go too high on the vitamin D levels. And then see if you can tolerate the statins. Well, people say, well, what the heck is vitamin D3 and where does this come from? And what's the difference between vitamin D and D3? Well, the vitamin D is the provitamin. It's kind of like a hormone that's going to be changed in the body. And we can absorb this from our skin when we're exposed to sunlight. The fats in our skin are, are changed into vitamin D1 the provitamin, and that's absorbed into our skin and into our bloodstream. We also get it in food, and we can get it in medications and multiple vitamins, etc. Well, this is absorbed by the gut, if you eat it, or through the skin, if you're one of these people like me who doesn't wash his arms and legs so that there's a little bit of fat left there, and I can absorb some of that vitamin D. And it goes to the liver where it's processed, and it's changed from vitamin D1 to vitamin D2. And then the vitamin D2 is actually what we measure because we know now that the liver, as we get older, loses its ability in some people to change D1 to D2. And then D2 is acted upon by the kidney, and by other tissues in the body to, to be turned into the active vitamin, which is D3. And the D3, vitamin D3, helps us absorb calcium. It helps us lay down calcium in our bones. It helps us absorb phosphorus. It does a number of, of things. And we also know that people who are taking vitamin D, and have healthy levels of vitamin D will have less problems with a number of diseases like dementia, certain cancers, colon cancer has been identified. Generally we're healthier, our bones are stronger, we have less osteoporosis for the women and now vitamin D2 or D3 rather, I'm sorry, D3 is prescribed routinely for women who have osteoporosis. The levels of D3 in our lab are 30, so that's pretty much the number you need to look for when you, when you talk to your doctor. Over 30 is okay. I think it's around 30 to 100, so talk with your doctor about that. And what I want everybody to do who's having problems with the statins is to try the vitamin D3 treatment I'm recommending, and then I can hear back from you guys at some point in time. Take the high doses, 100,000 units of vitamin D3 for a couple of weeks, and then see if you can tolerate the statins, restart them. Now, there are people who will tolerate some statins, but not others. And why is that? 
Well, some of these are soluble. They'll dissolve in water, pravastatin, pativastatin, and rosuvastatin. They'll dissolve in water. The fat-soluble statins are atorvastatin, fluvastatin, lovastatin, and simvastatin, and they'll only dissolve in, in fats. What's the big deal there? Well, interestingly, fat-soluble, that is chemicals that will get through fatty tissue, get through the cell membrane, which has a lot of fat in it in most people, and in nerve cells, the sheath around the nerve cells is made up of fats. It will get in easier than the water soluble because we all know water and oil don't mix. And we can see that by taking a cup of water and taking some canola oil or cooking oil and pouring it on top, and the oil floats on top of the water. They don't mix. So we have two classes of statins. Now, the water-soluble statins, again, those are pravastatin, pitavastatin, and rosuvastatin. These do not cause as much problem with the muscle aches as the fat-soluble statins. So when you talk to your doctor, make sure you discuss with him if you're having problems uh, whether or not you're on a statin drug that is fat-soluble or water-soluble. And if you're having problems, try the water-soluble first. And if that doesn't work, then do the vitamin D trick and see if that'll work. And I want to hear back from you in a, in a month or two and see how it goes. You can also reduce the dosage of statins. I've even told people to just take a half of a tablet of whatever statin they're on, low dose, every other day or every third day, a couple times a week. The smallest amount that you can get in is helpful. And again, the statins do not cause memory loss. They do not cause dementia. They do not cause uh, any kind of brain problems. In fact, they're good for the brain. Uh, they protect us over long periods of time from becoming demented getting Alzheimer's or an Alzheimer's-like disease. And they protect us from developing colon cancers and other cancers. They help keep the skin healthy. They keep our bones strong. Now you say, well, I've been taking D3 and calcium over the counter for years now, and I had my bones checked by my doctor, and they're still not good. They're still too weak. Well, that's when we have to treat not only with vitamin D3 and calcium, but with other medications, and those you can discuss with your family doctor. There's even some fancy biologic medications out now that will stop the little cells in the bone from breaking down the bone tissue and releasing the calcium into the bloodstream. But that's a whole other subject, a whole other topic. So, again, my big push here is to see if the vitamin D3 and high doses will help correct or stop the muscle aches in people like me who want and need to take a statin drug. And don't be afraid of the statins. You say, are you telling me that I can live longer just by taking a statin? Well, yeah, as long as you don't step in front of a bus, you, you can. And not only the statins, but the ACE inhibitors. So the three things I tell people if you want to live longer is lose weight, Take a statin, even a low dose, a very low, low, low dose, once or twice a week, and a very low dose of an ACE inhibitor. Now, the ACE inhibitors we use for blood pressure and heart failure, 
and a number of other problems. So if you have, have high blood pressure, you might want to talk to your doctor about whether an ACE inhibitor is right for you. So those are the three things that I tell people will help them to live longer. And don't step in front of a bus. That seems to be very helpful. Now, if the bus is at a dead stop and you're putting your bicycle on the front of it, well, go ahead and step in front of it. But if you see the driver twitching a little bit and you, you hear that motor revving, get out of the way because you're going to get your butt run over. So that's the story on the statins, and that's one of the things I wanted to tell you about. Now, my week has been incredibly busy. I was telling Bill before the show that yesterday, Saturday, I got 25 calls. I counted them on my cell phone. During the week, I get anywhere from 50 to 100 calls a day during the season, the season being the winter when uh, the Canadians and the Northern Americans come down to Florida and roost in the warm sun. And it's fascinating to see. Uh, I've had numbers of Canadians come down here and basically they knew they were pretty much at the end of the road, that they were going to die within the next year or two. And uh, I asked them, well, why did you come down? And they said, you know, it's warm, it's sunshiny, there's trees, there's flowers blooming. I'd rather be here and die than be up in the snow and the, the cold and all of the problems that come with living in the northern climes. So it's interesting to see, and I've, I've admitted more than one patient. In fact, I just admitted a patient a couple of days ago with a bad heart, and she knew she had a bad heart, and she was she's in heart failure, and so we put her in the hospital. And she said, Dr. Bill, this is my 19th season down here since I retired, and I love it. And if I die here, that's okay. You know, that's that's a pretty big uh, endorsement statement of what we have here in South and Central Florida, the Sunshine State. And it's it's such a wonderful, I mean, it's sad to see somebody dying, of course, but it's such a wonderful testament to hear somebody say that, that they would rather be here, not even their native country, to die. So that, that uh, always sets me back a little bit. What a week. I've also had problems with getting Canadians back home to their doctors and their hospitals when they need care. Had an interesting case. A guy came in. He had a pretty classic history of, of heart-related chest pain. We call it angina or angina, depending on what part of the country you're from. And this is pain caused by decreased blood flow to part of the heart muscle. And it heralds a potential heart attack. And so we worked him up. We did the echocardiogram and the nuclear stress of his heart and all these tests and, and got him over to the hospital because I knew he had a problem. I knew that one of the blood vessels was blocked and had one of the guys that uh, does the heart catheterization squirt some dye in the arteries around the heart. And sure enough, he had two vessels that were severely blocked. But when he was laying in bed at the hospital, he felt okay. So the travel insurance company said, well, he can come home. And we said, okay, we'll let him go home, but you have to fly him home air ambulance and get him into a hospital. What an ordeal. 
I mean, it's taken me 10 days, or it took me 10 days, I finally got him out a couple of nights ago, to get him back to Canada. The first doctor I talked to did not want to take him, did not feel comfortable, because she did not think that he should be flying in a jet at 30,000 feet or whatever it is because of the drop in, in, in the oxygen percentage or the oxygen uh, amount that's in the thinned out air at, at 30,000 feet. Well, first of all, when you go to 30,000 feet, you're not breathing the air from 30,000 feet because you, you'd probably drop dead uh, in a few minutes. The cabins are pressurized to about an altitude of 5,000 feet, which is 5,000 feet above sea level. At sea level, the amount of oxygen and other gases that are in a certain volume are higher, and as you go further up in the atmosphere, it gets less and less. However, in one of these air ambulances, these jets that have a, a little mini ICU intensive care unit in it, there's oxygen, and there's even non-rebreather masks so that you're breathing 100% oxygen. So that's really not a big deal. And I tried to explain to this, this doctor, and she really did not feel comfortable, nor did she understand uh, the situation. And perhaps they're overwhelmed in Canada right now. In the winter months, a lot of the hospitals don't have bed space available. And I've heard stories from Halifax, Nova Scotia, which is on the uh, eastern coast, on the Atlantic. Halifax is the capital of the province of Nova Scotia. That people would be in the hallways for two or three days on gurneys with IVs going, waiting for a bed to open up because the hospitals just don't have enough beds for all of the problems that arise in the winter. So finding a bed in Canada this time of year is difficult. And if you have a physician who's uncomfortable, it's even more difficult. Well, finally, I got a call from and discussed with the heart surgeon because we didn't think that he was a good candidate for putting the, the balloon and the stents in his heart, you know, the little coils that open up the blood vessels that we can do through the blood vessel system. Uh, he'll need his, his chest cracked and have the arteries repaired directly by a surgeon. Finally got a hold of a surgeon and... He said, I don't know why the insurance company just doesn't pay to have it fixed down in Florida. That's a whole other discussion. But in a nutshell, you're talking about essentially $25,000 to fly the patient home to Canada where he'll receive his care uh, through the Canadian health care system. And, of course, it's essentially, essentially, quote, quote, free, pay a lot of taxes. So, you know, the Canadians who are not paying a lot of taxes, say, oh, well, my health care is free. Those who do pay a lot of taxes are saying, no, it's not free. In fact, it's more expensive than it is in the United States. Don't believe the left wing. Don't believe them. Our health care self-pay is the cheapest in the world. The problem is people don't know that they can negotiate. So the surgeon, the heart surgeon, I talked to him and he said, yeah, I don't know why they don't do it down there. Well, because it costs 125000 to the insurance company or more if they don't have a, uh, an agreement with the hospital system that I use. So that's a big problem. And you say, well, they're rich. Why can't they just pay it and get on with it? Well, here's the thing. The premiums on the health insurance, on the travel insurance rather, are going up. They're going up for Canadians. They're going up for Americans. They're going up for everybody in the world. 
They're going up in part because of the big ticket items, over $100,000 for a hospitalization. They're going up because of Obamacare, which interfered with the interstate flow of travel insurance and travel insurance sales and, and businesses. And they're interfering with the Canadian and other healthcare systems because when Canadians come here and are hospitalized, the hospitals are trying to make up what they're losing from their Obamacare policies or not making as much, and they jack the prices up. So it's a big problem. Nevertheless, the surgeon said, yeah, we'll take him. Let me get a bed for him. That took another day, but we finally got the poor guy out. And it's ever fascinating to me how complex it is to accomplish a simple task like getting somebody back home to a doctor. For us, it seems incredulous because if I have travel insurance and I'm on a cruise in Europe somewhere and I need a bypass or some kind of heart surgery, but it can wait a few days or a week or two, if I have my travel insurance, I can get flown back home right here to St. Petersburg, Florida. That's where I'm broadcasting from, Tampa Bay area. I can get in a hospital and I can have a heart surgeon and a bed almost immediately. And so it's difficult for us to understand that the healthcare systems that we're dealing with outside of the United States are not the same as ours. They're not at our level and they don't have the same capabilities and abilities in terms of handling the numbers of people. They may be okay for the acuity, for the type of surgery. The heart surgeons in Canada, from what I can see, are just as competent as here. But getting to one, that's the problem. Getting home, that's the problem. Is it everywhere? Of course not. If you live in Ottawa, the capital of, of Canada, just like in Washington, D.C., there's more doctors per capita than anywhere else in Canada, and they get the best care. Well, of course, they're the politicians. They're going to vote themselves the best care first. I don't have a problem with that. It gives us something to emulate and to say that we need for the rest of the country, and I, I think that that's an important part of any health care plan we come up with to replace Obamacare. This elitist attitude that the left wing has that they can have the best of health care, but we'll get whatever we can spread around. So how much peanut butter can you spread on? A, 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 how far does a tablespoon of peanut butter go when you're trying to cover a loaf of bread? It doesn't go too far, guys. You're not going to get a whole lot of peanut taste in that piece of bread. So let's hope that the Republicans do a better job here with this health care situation. So at any rate, we got everybody home, and that's just a small part of the week. Busy in the office. I'm just amazed at what people come in with. Uh, the Canadians, oh, my gosh, admitted a guy with what we thought was heart failure. Turns out he had a, a leukemia, and that uh, it, fortunately it was a slow-growing leukemia, but his lung, the area around his lung had filled up with fluid because of all the cells that had, the, the, the cancer cells, the leukemia cells that had gotten into the space around the lungs and had pulled fluid out. And it took me a week to get him home because you can't fly them 
well, maybe even longer, probably more like 10 days. You can't flash somebody after you tap their chest for a week because you, you don't want to take them up into a pressure chain situation since the chest and the lungs and the heart are so dependent upon our respiration, inhaling and exhaling, where we change the pressure inside of our chest. And this can do a lot of damage if there's a microscopic hole in the lung and you can get what we call a pneumothorax, which is air between the chest wall and the lung that's leaked out from the lung. It can be a life-threatening situation. But those kinds of things we have to address. And as fascinating as it is to see, it's also frustrating to see and to work with situations. But it's also a challenge and it's rewarding when we get it done. Well, when I come back, I'm going to talk about our puppy dog, Tiffany. Poor old gal. She was 13 and she developed leukemia and it took a few weeks for her to to pass but she did and it was sad as very sad event in our house because she was an integral part of the of the household and i'll talk about that when i come back in the meantime everybody grab a cup of joe i'm dr bill and i'll be right back With SRN News, I'm Michael Harrington in Washington. The White House says it wants the congressional committees that are investigating Russian interference in last year's election to also examine whether, quote, executive branch investigative powers were abused in 2016. That's a reference to President Trump's claims yesterday in a series of tweets that former President Obama had telephones at Trump Towers wiretapped. The former president says it didn't happen. Supporters of President Trump came out to show pride in his presidency yesterday. They gathered at various locations across the country and March for Trump demonstration. The New York Police Department probing what could be another rash of vandalism at a Jewish cemetery. A spokesman says the department's hate crimes division is working at the Jewish Washington Cemetery in Brooklyn. And an Iraqi commander says fighting is getting brutal as troops move toward a local government center in western Mosul. This is SRN News. Dr. Bill for Bay Area Medical, located at 6399 38th Avenue North in St. Pete, 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. Full-service clinic with x-ray, heart imaging, ultrasound, stress testing, and minor surgery. We provide quality health care in a warm and friendly atmosphere. We are multilingual, well-trained, and certified. Most American insurance and new patients accepted. Bay Area Medical, home of can care, 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. Dr. Bill for West Coast Radiology. Our good friends at West Coast Radiology offer convenient and comprehensive x-ray diagnostics, including open MRI, CT scan, CT PET, mammography, and ultrasound. With state-of-the-art equipment and four convenient locations, you're assured of friendly, comprehensive care. Most insurance is accepted and competitive self-pay rates, plus Saturday appointments. Call West Coast Radiology at 727-771-2795. That's 727-771-2795. A CNN original series. Stop doubting and believe. An epic saga from the dawn of history. Behold the man. A miraculous journey that changed the world. I will lay down my life for you. Whoever lives by believing in me will never die. The greatest story ever told. I believe you are the son of God. Finding Jesus. New season starts Sunday at 9 Eastern and Pacific on CNN. 
Blinds are one of those things I thought I'd never buy online. But that was before I found Blinds.com. The prices, selection, and quality are amazing. Shipping is free, and their professional designers gave me a free online design consultation, helping me pick, measure, and install the perfect blinds for every room. Winter is still hanging on, so let's jumpstart spring with some savings. Now through March 14th, get up to 30% off site-wide at Blinds.com. Just use promo code SHUTTERS. That's Blinds.com promo code SHUTTERS. Rules and restrictions apply. Need cash? Sell unwanted gold and diamond jewelry to Empire Diamond. Call 1-800-728-3425. In the Empire State Building since 1931 and a reputable Better Business Bureau member, Empire is paying the highest prices ever. The time to sell is now. Empire Diamond offers the highest cash prices without any pressure. Don't wait for gold prices to drop. Call 1-800-728-3425. That's 1-800-728-3425. Or visit EmpireDiamond.com. This morning till 5 o'clock this afternoon, partly sunny, breezy, and pleasant for the rest of your day. High 79 tonight, rather cloudy, low 59. A mix of sun and clouds to begin the work week tomorrow. High 80 tomorrow night, a moonlit sky, low 61. Partial sunshine Tuesday, high 83. That's your Anki Weather Forecast. I'm Chuck Ellis for AM860, The Answer. And I'm back with you, Dr. Bill, your radio SD. Coming at you on 860 AM, WGUL. Again, we're at 8... We're at am860theanswer.com. That's am860theanswer.com. You can reach us on the Internet. We're also in the Tampa Bay area on AM radio. And you can hear me 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time every Sunday, anywhere in the world on your corn pewter. Or if you're in the area, you can hear me on iHeart. And you can hear me on your radio in your car or, or at home. So that that song that I had there uh, was by Inks. Uh, fascinating, uh, interesting lyrics. What you want, what you need, and it's about, I guess, fulfilling happiness and the desire of the singer to be there for somebody. This was a con- uh, an Australian group, and one of the guys that uh, founded it, Hutchins, was found dead in his hotel room in 1997. Apparently a suicide, and his wife, they had one daughter, uh, in 2000 overdosed on heroin. Difficult life being in that business. Difficult life now. Whether the people who are attracted to it have problems or the problems are imposed upon them by the, the profession and the people that prey on them, hard to say, probably a mix of both. Well, I wanted to talk about our puppy dog, Tiffany. What a gal she was. And you say, well, why are we elevating a dog to the level of a person? Well, you know, they do have personalities, and personality means a person. And I think that our attitudes towards animals and all creatures and all of, of the creations uh, has changed over the past 50 years. We look at things much differently than we did when I was a kid, and we know that Although dogs are not as smart as we are, they're still smart. 
they can learn. And I've had people here at the house, and I'll give the dogs a command, and they'll go do it. And they're, they're amazed. I say, he knows or she knows what you're talking about? Apparently so, you know. I'll tell them, go to Grandma. Go on. Get out of here. I'm working. And they'll take off and go to my wife. Well, Tiffany, God bless her, she was all female, that's for sure. She would only perform if there was some food in it for her, unlike the male who will skip eating for some affection. They're both standard poodles. Uh, Tiffany weighed about 45 pounds, 50 pounds. And several weeks ago, she started having problems walking her hind, right hind hip seemed to be bothering her. And, and it continued on and progressed. And uh, then one day she couldn't get up at all. And she was very weak, took her to the vet and she, her white blood cell count was through the roof. And the vet said, well, either it's a bad infection or it's a leukemia, which is a type of blood cancer. And so we opted to treat the infectious part of it because it would be too much to put a dog through all of the chemotherapy necessary to try and cure a leukemia, and then there's no guarantees. And she seemed to respond a little bit, but then she started going downhill again, and she passed away a couple of nights ago. Uh, tough situation, tough situation. And, of course, the wife is very upset. I'm sad at the loss, too, and she's crying and, and uh, misses her, her friend, the girl that was beside her for the past 13 years. And it's understandable, and it's, it's a process, a grieving process, just as it would be with any other loss. And you say, how important are dogs in our lives? Well, a lot of people have dogs and pets, and that industry, if it's any indication of how people feel about it, has grown exponentially, from dog foods to dog care to uh, dog spas, and we even have Love My Pet, which is... Love My Dog here in, in the St. Petersburg area. Love My Dog. And our friend Natalie started that. And she now has, what, two locations? And they have uh, daycare. During the day, you can bring your dog there. And when I would say doggy daycare, our dogs would jump up and down and, and bark and say, let's go, come on, we want to go to doggy daycare. And it's a, it's a lot of fun for, for most dogs who are social animals and herd animals like us, pack animals. And the doggy daycare has uh, a water park. It's a little park with some water flowing here and there, and there are drains and some fountains and some sprays. And it's, it's really kind of cute. And you say, oh, my God, what are we doing? Why are we putting so much time and effort into our dogs? Some people will say, well, there are people starving around the world, and here we are treating our dogs better than a lot of kids are being treated in sub-Saharan Africa. Well, you know, we're not going to solve all the world's problems today, and certainly having a pet in the house can help keep us calmer, lower blood pressure, be purveyors of love and affection between family members and give everybody something to focus on like a sick puppy or a, a sick dog or a new puppy or a pregnant dog. All these things have emotional importance to us. And when we 
lose somebody that we love or we lose a pet or we lose a job or we're in a divorce, we're going to have to have a grieving process, lose a friend. All these things pull emotions out of us of grief and sadness and loss. And so we need to work through this in a healthy way. And sometimes the grieving, like for me, will last for a month or two, and then I'm over it and I move on. Some people, it can go on for years. I usually tell my patients six months or more for being in grief over the loss of someone or something is probably not healthy, and there's some depression attached to it. And the process usually begins with denial. You know, you're getting a divorce. No, this can't be happening to me. No, 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 she could not have filed for divorce. And so we deny that it's happening, and we try to get back together. We all do that. And in the same way with somebody we love who's sick. We get them to the doctors and try to get the doctors to fix them and bring them back to what they were before. And so that's the first aspect of it is to deny it. And also we have feelings of anger. Why? Why did this person leave me? What did I do wrong? Why did my husband die before me? I thought that we would be together until I died. And so we argue and we bargain and we even bargain with God or with Mother Nature or whoever we worship. And when we get past the anger, then we get into the sadness and the acceptance. And these are all part of the grieving process. And in some households, the loss of a pet may be a child's first experience with death. And the children may blame themselves or think that they had something to do with it. And even family members, even adults, you know, my wife said, did we do something wrong? Should I have given her more of this or that? Or did she not get enough of that? And I mean, these dogs are extremely well taken care of. I was told explicitly that my cataract would have to wait until their cataracts were taken care of. Fortunately, the doggy doctor that looks at the eyes, they actually have specialists now for dogs' eyes said that the cataracts weren't that bad. So, oh boy, I got my cataract done because she didn't spend thousands of dollars on the dogs. But we ask ourselves, what could I have done differently? Most of us. You know, some people are like, yeah, who cares? You know, move on. Uh, and I think that it's good to be introspective and say, could I have done more? Is there something I could have done to prevent or help prevent this situation, this breakup, this demise, this death, this loss. And, and that's okay. And we question ourselves, but we can't beat ourselves up over something that we have no control over. And there are certain things in life that we just don't have that much control over, even in relationships, no matter how hard we try. The other person may just change their physics, their Hormones, their outlook, their experiences may lead them to a different way of viewing things. And they may say, I want to go. I don't want to be in this relationship. As I've said before, though, if you just wait three to five years, a lot of that goes away. However, in this right now society that we live in, that seems to be a persistent problem that relationships are breaking up so fast and without seemingly without much effort to try and salvage them. So we question ourselves. 
And after we've answered those questions or someone has answered them for us, our doctor or our housemate or our friends or some uh, advice column, then we realize, well, you know, I probably did all that I could. Did my wife do everything she could to take care of these dogs? Oh, my God, these dogs are spoiled beyond belief, beyond belief. We've spent thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars on these two dogs. And it's very important to my wife. She was unable to have children of her own, and so they became her babies, and she raised them from puppies. And the emotional attachment is obviously going to be there. Most women are going to be very attached to things that they raise. And that's okay. That's part of the genetics of being a woman. We have to be able to figure out how to move on from that. And that's part of the grieving process. And people say, well, just go out and get another dog or another boyfriend or another girlfriend or whatever. A lot of times it's best to wait and let the dust settle, get through the grieving process rather than exchange one situation for another to try not to have to deal with those emotions. You say, well, there are people who just can't deal with those emotions. That's true. And then they need some professional help. But most of us, if we allow ourselves, we'll get through this and we'll make it. And at some point, we come to accept it and to look back and remember the good things, whether it's a puppy dog or whether it's a friend that we lost or a, a mate, a spouse, or a job. We can look back and say, oh, there were a lot of good things that I had there, that I learned there, that I did there. I made great friends. I got to practice my routine. It made me a better person. I'm more knowledgeable now. I can provide what is demanded of me in my job or in a relationship more easily, with more confidence, with more knowledge, and with more emotional reserve on how to deal with these things. And so the grieving process plays an important part in our learning as human beings. I got to tell you, Tiffany was something else. She seemed to be very smart, at least when she was younger. I think she had probably been sick for a few months, maybe more. And she would eat and love to eat. And she wasn't fat. She was a, the, 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 the poodles are generally skinny dogs. They look like whippets, uh, greyhound kind of looking dogs from the midsection back. Very thin, uh, muscular hind legs, and you have to shave them to see. But they're although they're tall dogs, and when the male stands up, he and puts his paws on my shoulder. We're looking at each other eye to eye. He's a tall guy. They're very thin. They're very rugged dogs, but like a lot of of inbreeding, which happens with dogs, and which also happens with humans, by the way, there are a lot of genetic problems, whether they're degenerative joint diseases or stomach problems, and the poodles have a lot of stomach problems, or 
cancers, certain leukemias, uh, certain cancers are inherited, or in, there's inherited me- uh, disorders of, of metabolism that are genetically transmitted, like Tay-Sachs, and we see this in some of the Jewish populations, which have been inbred over the eons, and also the breast cancers, the BRCA gene, that seems to be more common in, in tight-knit communities like the Ashkenazi Jews from Eastern Europe, my people. And so we see a lot of problems, and although we may be able to breed the, the external appearances and the intellectual appearances or the hunting or the, uh, the performance appearances that we want in a dog or uh, in each other, we're also going to, going to amplify any negative genetic problems that there are, any negative genetic uh, factors that come into play. And so the poodles, the standard poodles, they have a lot of problems. Great dogs, bright dogs, muscular dogs, tough dogs. I never realized how tough they were. But also a lot of genetic problems, and they generally don't live past 14. At least that's what we have been told by the, uh, by the veterinarians and people that know dogs. That's probably changing with the better treatment that dogs are getting in general, along with humans in the United States. So we, we mourn her passing, and I have to say thank you to Natalie and love my dog here in St. Petersburg. She sent us a beautiful bouquet. Uh, when we got the dogs 12, 13 years ago, and they started growing into adolescence and becoming more rambunctious, uh, we found Natalie, who was just starting her business, love my, my dog here in town, and she had this daycare for dogs. And we looked at it, we said, this is marvelous. Oh, my gosh. And so we were one of her biggest supporters initially. And we've stuck with her over the years. And she's opened up another location in the area. And she has been appreciative of our support. And we've been to parties at her house. And she's been here at our house. And she sent a beautiful bouquet and I tell you, 50 years ago, 60 years ago, when I was a kid, I could not have imagined anybody sending a floral arrangement or a bouquet for the death of a dog. So I think it shows how much we have elevated the dogs to the level of valued members of the household. And it's a sad thing, especially for someone like my wife who has devoted so much time and attention and a love to raising these dogs. And it's a great tribute to her as well as to our pets who are healthy and have, until the recent few months, been very happy. And that's a good thing. That's a good thing. I think that when we take care of something and show our love and our compassion and our concern, that we're saying something about ourselves as human beings and about our humanity and our ability to interact with our fellow human beings in a positive and, and kind and gentle and loving way. And I think that the two great teachers of religion for me, Buddha and Jesus, uh, taught these very things. And so th- that's a good thing. I don't have a problem with that. And I'm, I'm, I'm proud of my wife for the effort she put in. And, and I'm sad, but also glad to see her mourning. And hopefully we'll move on and and maybe someday we'll get another doggy for her. But she said no more. I don't know. I'm looking at her right now. She's not looking at me. I don't even think she's paying attention to me. <laughs> but at any rate, 
that's the story. And so you know a little bit about my week. Oh, my gosh, Bill, it is so busy this time of year. People walking in with cancers, with lupus, with pneumonia, with life crises, manic depression, wounds, limbs falling off, abscesses. Oh, boy. It's been a great week. I'm Dr. Bill, your Radio MD, and I'll see you guys next week. Love you, Bill. Bye. Well, all right now, gather around. It's auction time. Here we go. Lot one, oil paintings from across the world. Here we go. What do you get for it? $100, two. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.